Welcome to We The Podcast. You don't have to fire everyone, but if you fire one person, that has a chilling effect. Even though it might not be a great job, it's the job they depend on to feed their families. Every person that went on strike on that um, on the new schedule were working tw- um, two days off the week. Workers may want a union, but they need a job. So when employers fire workers for union activity, it's intimidating. It's scary. It's actually illegal under the law. But for some, it even chills their union activity. But it doesn't intimidate everyone. I talked with Kip Hedges, a Delta Airlines baggage handler for 26 years, who was fired simply for supporting a $15 in a union minimum wage at the Minneapolis-St. Paul Airport. Delta told me that what I got fired for was a statement that I had made to Workday Minnesota, which is an AFL-CIO media outlet in in Minnesota, uh, a statement in support of uh, low-paid workers at the airport. But Kip believes he was fired for a different reason. The intent was to chill the atmosphere around union organizing and getting a $15 an hour minimum wage. Christian Dorsey is the director of the External and Governmental Affairs at the Economic Policy Institute in Washington. I asked him if Kip's story is unique. You know, I wish Kip was just an isolated incident, but sadly, uh, this is fairly common, and it's actually growing more common when it comes to uh, private sector workers who try to organize. Uh, Up to uh, half of them have employers who actively resist those efforts to unionize. Christian was right. Antoinette works at a fast food restaurant in Minnesota. She went on strike for a higher wage and the right to form a union with her fellow workers. I was like, yeah, I'm going to go on this strike because I, I believe we should be getting paid 15 an hour for our hard work. Every person that went on strike on that um, on the new schedule were working tw- um, two days off the week. Workers around the country are facing retaliation for standing up and demanding higher wages and a chance to make decisions about their workplace. The tactics that they use to try to prevent workers from exercising their lawful right to uh, form together, to collectively bargain, those tactics are getting worse. They include uh, not only threatening uh, workers with uh, demotions, threatening them with reduced pay, or maybe threatening to reduce work hours. It also includes actually firing, discharging workers from their jobs for what should be protected union activity. The problem is that Delta thinks that being pro-union is anti-Delta. The most consistently profitable airline in the industry is Southwest Airlines, and they're the most unionized airline. Kip's right. Southwest is 83% unionized and is one of the only airlines to avoid bankruptcy in the last decade, remaining profitable for the last 40 years. The National Labor Relations Act, enacted in 1935, along with many other laws, protects working Americans' right to organize a union and collectively bargain with management. But the law, in practice, doesn't do enough for workers. It's pretty much illegal to jaywalk anywhere. But if you're never going to have anybody enforcing it, if the fines for it, if they do exist, are just going to be $5, $10, then you've really not created any sort of a deterrent effect for people to engage in the behavior. You take this to labor law, if an employer does the egregious act of firing an employee for lawfully protected union activity, first of all, the employee has to be able to prove it, which is a burden of cost.
Secondly, even if that employee is successful, what's the worst that can happen? The employer is responsible for back pay. And you know what? It's not even full back pay. If that employer got another job because they needed to feed their family in the, in, in the interim, they're only responsible for back pay minus the amount of wages that they earn in that period. Kip lays out what that means for workers who suffered retaliation. I get fired for uh, as an unlawful termination, and then two years later, federal court, uh, a judge makes a decision. In the meantime, uh, my finances have gone down the tubes. Uh, I'm working at a $10 an hour job instead of a, a, a livable wage job. And there's, as they say, justice delayed is justice denied. Employers need a meaningful deterrent if we're going to ever expect them to stop retaliating against workers. Workers need to know that they're fired for illegal union activity and something's going to be done about it. Martin Luther King famously said, what difference does it make if a man can sit at a lunch counter if he cannot afford a hamburger? The right to organize on your job and have a voice and to bargain for a fair wage really should be something that is a matter of civil rights. That's why I introduced a bill called the Employee Empowerment Act, which allows workers who are the victims of unfair retaliation not only to go to the National Labor Relations Board, as they can do now, but in addition to seek out legal remedies in courts, wherein they can access the rights and the remedies available to them in the 1964 Civil Rights Act. Some workers are understandably intimidated by retaliation, but not all. The problem for Delta is that I think it's kind of worked the other way. My coworkers are certainly, they're cautious because they know that Delta's probing and uh, that they're not interested in having a union on the property, but they, uh, uh, they're, they're undaunted. You've been listening to We The Podcast with Keith Ellison. Tune in next time when we talk to home healthcare workers.